it reminds me, and as I'm going to segue into the message here today with this, you know, think of your relationships. Those of you who are married, and I'll get to the rest of you as well, um, but those of you who are married, and you think of your relationship, are you growing? Are you growing in your love for each other? Are you growing in who you are toward each other? Or are you just getting by? So many of us, we're just getting by. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to just get by. We don't have to re- resign ourselves to, well, brokenness happened to, to my parents or uh, uh, in, in, in this generation or my, my, my friends. or like, It's just normal. Like, we don't, we don't have to settle for getting by, for broke. You don't have to. You can grow. You can be in a growing relationship. The same for the rest of you, for the rest of us. It's not just marriage, it's, it's life. Do are, are you find yourself being changed? Even in the midst of suffering and darkness and and difficulties in life, even in the midst of things that are unwanted and painful, even traumatic things, are are you growing? Are you just getting by? Are you just surviving? In Jesus Christ, coming, into history and the beautiful beautiful things we celebrate in the week of easter of him dying in our place wasn't just as some kind of great example like wow that was really nice that you did that jesus wasn't just to like give us some kind of encouragement of oh there's good people out there he came to change you and me he came to change the trajectory of 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 our future And not just a destination in the future, but the moment even now to heal what's broken in us. To heal what's broken between us. Jesus changes everything. But we must abide. But we got to receive from him his work. We have any people who like tea in the house? Any tea drinkers in the house? Got to... Got a few few tea drinkers in the house. When I was in seminary, before I became a coffee addict and a coffee pusher, got my own business now. I distribute baggies of goods, delicious goods, caffeinated goods, decaffeinated goods. It's called the Reverend's Roast. I'm sorry, I'm preaching. I'm preaching here. Whoops. Tea in, co- in seminary, I got into, t- I, I, like, you need, you need caffeine <laughs> to get through master's degrees. And, and, and so I, wanted, I went the route of tea, and, and Jane would buy me different kinds of teas and the boys for gifts and things like that. And I got into teas and black teas and oolong, and you can look it up, all right? Um, but uh, with tea, with tea drinkers, 
here in the house here, you know, this is a bag. This is some Assam tea for those of you who care. Uh, it's a black tea. And, and so, uh, you know, when, when you're drinking tea, you know, you want, you want to produce some good flavor in there. Tea drinkers, talk to me here. So, so how you, what you do is you call it steeping, all right? Steeping the tea. You're going to let it soak in the water, right? So this is about, this is about right, okay? Tea drinkers, watch me here. Ready? Whoop! That's about good, right? What kind of tea is that going to produce there? Hot water. Hot water. Nothing changes. That's, a, that's called a dipper. You're a dipper if you do that. Woo! Here we go. Oh, oh, there we go. Just a little bit. A little dabble do ya. Right? That's not, that's, that's not what you do with tea, right? You, you, put the, you put the tea bag in there and you, and you let it sit, right? You let it steep. And in its steeping, the, 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 the tea leaves, the dehydrated tea leaves there, it soaks up the water. The water gets in the tea leaves and the tea gets into the, into the water. And it changes things. And you get this, and you got to let it sit there for a while. You can't just, you can't just like, again, like, oh, just a couple seconds. You got to, it's got to soak. It's got to sit. It's got to remain in the water for things to change. And then you get that delicious, beautiful, aromatic flavor of tea. Mmm. Y'all feeling me? Maybe? Yeah? You see... In our relationship with Jesus Christ, too often, people who consider themselves Christians, especially in the United States of America, were dippers. Whoop! All right, I'm going to show up. Expect my life to be different and change. I'm going to, I'm going to put in my time. Whoop! I'm going to do these little things, do the things. But nothing changes. The world tastes us, and we taste like water. Tastes like everybody else. No difference in our lives. We have no difference. And we wonder, why am I, why are things still struggling? I show up to church, I do the things, but I'm not changing. We gotta soak. We gotta soak. We gotta get Christ in us and ourselves in Christ. It's called abiding is what Jesus calls it. Remaining in him, steeping in him, soaking in him. Today, friends, I'm hoping to whet our appetites to be soakers and not dippers. Amen? Today's text is John 15, 1 through 8. Some of you may be who've been with us in the book of John here. We've been walking through the book of John for some time, seeing how Christ is light in our darkness. And you may remember, we already did John 15, 1 through 8. Well, when something is good, you go back for more. We're going to be spending some time in John 15 as we walk through this summer because it's so good and it's so important. We're going to soak. John 15, 1 through 8. If you have your Bible, we have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. You can turn in your Bible app. As we see in today's text, unless we remain or abide in Jesus, unless we steep and soak in Jesus, we will not be changed. We'll be just like the rest of the world. Here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away... 
And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide or remain in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire. If you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, the father is glorified. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, teach us what it means to abide, to remain. Jesus, Jesus, you remind us, apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord God, that was not intended to be a discouragement. but to give us hope and to direct us to the source of life, power, wisdom, authority. So Jesus, to date, may we grow in you, you in us. Teach us this deep and profound truth, Lord, that you taught to your first disciples. In your name we pray. Amen. It's been a little while since we've been uh, uh, in these passages in the book of John and the context here. And so I just want to remind us, you know, always as we read God's word and as we come to God's word, we don't want to just kind of cherry pick and isolate uh, uh, portions. Oh, that sounds good. But we really need to pay attention. Like, what does this really mean? We need to Look at what we call context. Jesus, starting in chapter 13, has had, is having his last moments with his disciples before he's going to die. And in 14, he's getting into this final teaching, this special teaching, these, these important truths that he's explaining. I've got to go away. I've got to leave. And it's better. The disciples, they're confused. They don't understand. You're the king. You came to set us free. Why are you going away? How are we going to be free if you're going to leave? They didn't understand Jesus' mission, how he would show that he was king. He wasn't merely a king for the earth for a temporary time. He's the eternal king who came to set us free, not from the bondage of human oppressors, but from the oppression of sin in our lives. It's good news, not for some, but for all. And that's truly good news, amen? And so Jesus is explaining, I must go. But this is how the kingdom is going to grow and spread. It's going to be through you. It's going to happen through you. 
He talks about you're going to do greater things. You're going to do more things than I'm able to do in my physical body here. And me being God in human flesh. You're going to be able to do more around the world than I embodied can do. And how is that going to happen? I'm going to be in you. I'm going to give you my spirit. And Jesus drops this bomb and, 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 and opens the doors, the, the curtains of heaven to show that God has always existed in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We don't, ha- we can't, we don't fully understand this reality. But this is how God exists and how he reveals himself. And it's powerful that the, the Trinity is the blueprint for human existence and our design. And so it's the spirit then that Jesus is giving his own spirit to come and live in us, to change us. This is how we will be made new. This is how we don't just get by, we grow, we are changed, we're transformed. This is how in a world of brokenness where we receive pain and suffering and relationships are not whole and holy, where we're hurt by even the people we sh- who should care for us and love us? How do we not just be embittered and broken in this life? We can experience what's called the fruit of the Spirit because of the Spirit living in us. Jesus living in you and I. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. This is the fruit. This is Jesus in us. He will produce this in us. And Jesus, like a good, like he is the, the, the original preacher, the OG. That's for the younger generation, that's the original gangster. Um, for the older generation, that may not have the same kind of meaning. He's the original preacher. He uses an illustration here that would make sense to them in their time of the vine, saying, I'm the vine. You're the branches. How are you going to experience this power, this life change? How is this going to happen that I'm going to, I'm going to spread this kingdom through you? Well, just like a branch that has no power to produce anything on its own, the vine is what pulsates life, nutrients through the branch. And producing the fruit that it is designed for through the branch. You are that branch. And Jesus uses the word abide in me. Your responsibility, your your commitment, your action, what you can do is abide, remain. Today I wanted to, to break this down. And spend more time understanding what does it mean to abide? Because Jesus says, for you can, apart from me, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. All good things come from Jesus alone. All good things come from Jesus alone. We are broken. 
We cannot consistently love. We retaliate. We're impatient. We know this. We're honest with ourselves. We know we, we are broken. And in this world, everything tends towards decay. It's a, it's a, it's a law of, of physics. It's called entropy. Jesus is the only thing that does not decay, does not change. It is, eter- is eternally good. Apart from me, you can do nothing. These words, oftentimes, when we are told you can't, it's an offensive thing, right, to us. I like the words of Spurgeon. I just happened to read it this past week, and it is a devotional morning and evening. If you don't, if you're looking for a new kind of devotional, wanting to go a little bit deeper, uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon is is morning and evening devotional is powerful. It's great. You get a little bit of an old English in there. He talks about this, this love and this, this work of God in us that, that never should, should we have had a grain of love in us towards God unless it had been sown in us by the sweet seed of his own love for us. Love then has for its parents the love of God shed in our hearts. God is always first. It's important to think about and a whole important truth to hold on to. God is always first. We respond. So he has this beautiful poem he writes, as you see on the screen here. I love thee, Lord, but with no love of mine, for I have none to give. I love thee, Lord, but all the love is thine, for by thy love I live. I am nothing and rejoice to be emptied and lost and swallowed up in thee. Spurgeon is getting at here is what Jesus is saying. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If we, if we want to experience love in our lives, it comes from receiving it from the source, from the, the one who defines it, the one who embodies it, the one who is crucified to show us what it really means. We must receive it first. If we want to be able to give it in our relationships, oftentimes in our relationships, we're waiting. If I, if I get it, then I'll give it. That's not love. That's not love. Waiting, transactional, depending on others and how they treat us. We will never change. We'll just continue to perpetuate this survival kind of dynamic in this life of as long as, you know, tit for tat. As long as I get it, I'll give it. No, love is transcendent, so much richer, so much deeper. A, a marriage can't survive on transactional relationship. It needs love. Apart from me, you, can do, you cannot love unless you're receiving love, unless love is alive in you, the person of love. John Calvin says this, and I love this, just getting at our our sense of self-reliance. The Christian often tries to forget his weakness. God wants us to remember it, to feel it deeply. The Christian wants to conquer his weakness and to be freed from it. God wants us to rest and even rejoice in it. 
The Christian mourns over his weakness. Christ teaches his servant to say, I take pleasure in my infirmities. The Christian thinks his weaknesses are his greatest hindrance in the life and service of God. God tells us that it is the secret of strength and success. It is our weakness, heartily accepted and continually realized, that gives our claim and access to the strength of him who has said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. There's a lot there, right? This is flipping the world upside down. The message we, we receive in this life, in this culture is, you know, you've got to be strong. You've got to stand for yourself. There, we have these, these old uh, expressions, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Self-reliance, independence, these are values in which we seek in others. We celebrate but when it comes down to it, when you honestly evaluate it, we, are bro- we, wrote and we know we're broken and we can't. We're weak. What do we do with it? Well, we've got to hide it. And Jesus is saying, no, celebrate it because it's a reminder that I'm the one who's to be strong, strong for you and to be strong in you. That's why Jesus came. Again, wasn't as an example, but was to live in us. For his power to change us. Our tendency then is to try harder. When we're focused on ourselves, when we're caught up in the lies of this culture and this life, it's try harder. I use the illustration of a treadmill and how painfully horrible running on treadmills is because you're going nowhere. It's a lot of work to go nowhere. Like a hamster on a wheel. And I spent too much of my life. I'm such a doer. And some of you notice this about me. I'm, I'm very active. I love getting things done. Productivity, man, that jazzes me up. That is so motivating to get stuff done. But that's been part of my relationship with Jesus. You see, I, I, I had learned early on somewhere unconsciously that, that my doing somehow how would, would, would get Jesus to, to love me more. And I would try to control and, and find, you know, it's like finding formulas to get God to work on my behalf or in life or in this world and, and trying to get Jesus to love me. And, 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 and it's never enough. And I find myself insecure so often because I'm trying to just be enough. And if I just am nice enough, if I'm just good enough, and it translates from God then into other relationships. And you find yourself bitter, depressed, empty, insecure, burnt out. Because you're just doing, doing, doing. And you're trying to make up. Like for, for the past, if I can just balance the scales. If I'm, you know, and just erase the past. And you're, chased, you're, you're being chased by your past. And it's never enough. And Jesus says it doesn't have to be that way. I'm enough. 
I'm enough. Abide. There's four things I want to focus on and tip into here. Abiding in Jesus is relying on his power, his wisdom, his authority. Abiding means remaining in his presence. Abiding means receiving his spirit, living his life in us. And abiding means resting in his finished work. We may not get through all of these here today. We're going we're gonna to unpack these more. Abiding. Relying on his power and wisdom and authority. In abiding, we trust. Putting all our weight on Jesus. Not trusting in ourself or other sources. But we're coming to Jesus to receive from him, recognizing you are the source of strength. You are the source of power and energy. You are the source of wisdom to navigate this life. You are the authority to lead me that I should obey. We've done this before in illustrating faith. But when we trust something, we put our weight on it. We trust ourselves. We like to stand on our own two feet. We prefer that. But in abiding, how many of you trust this stool? Am I trusting this stool? Am I putting all my weight on this stool? I'm putting a lot of my weight on this stool. I'm not putting all of my weight on this stool. This is kind of how some of us are living with Jesus. I kind of trust you. When, when I can see the end result, when it, when it works within my control and my framework, when it's comfortable for me, I'm, I'm, I'll trust you. It's easy to trust you when things are going good. Thank you, Jesus, for all the blessings. You think God might also be blessing you through suffering? I trust you halfway. Well, that's not trust at all, isn't it? All in. If I'm going to trust this stool, I'm going to put all my weight on it. Any of you anxious yet? This is not something that is, we all of a sudden are always there, are all there. We're not all in all the time, are we? This is what we're pursuing. Are you pursuing something that's just comfortable for you? Or are you pursuing true, full reliance on him? Lord, when I have success in my life. And when things are going well, I'm in your word. I'm trusting you. I'm seeking you in prayer. I'm in fellowship with your, with your people. I'm trusting you. I'm abiding. If, if, if I'm trusting him for his wisdom and authority, also when in the valley, 
I trust you when it's dark and I can't see. And all, all I can see is how bad things are and everything in me says, he's not good. Lord, I trust you. I come to your word. Lord, when my relationships are broken, when I just want to hurt them like they've hurt me, I trust you. I'm going to come to you. Jesus, live in me. Help me to love like you loved me. We know... How many... How many, how many of you have one of these bad boys here? Cell phone? So many of us do, right? Most of us in here, if not all of us that are adults, do. It's almost become a necessity in this life, right? We got to be... These things don't, don't live on their own. They don't perpetuate. They die, and they're notorious for them. It's horrible, right? Like, you have to take a charger with you wherever you go as well, and... They, they don't last. We, they got to be plugged in. We know this truth. We see it lived out in, in so many areas of our lives. Things here tend towards decay. They break down, including us. Our cell phones, we got to plug them in. They got to be juiced up. Otherwise, it'll die. It won't work. But even after we plugged it in and that, that battery meter is full, when we're free from that corded life, we love that wireless life, right? This, this cell phone isn't functioning on its own power. It's functioning on power it had received and stored up. Our abiding in Jesus is that we need these times. We need to have intentional times where we stop, where we stay. That word remain is that, that second point here. We remain in Jesus. We need to stay put. We need to be plugged in to Jesus. We need to find that time. We have to have that where we slow down where we're not led by the tyranny of the urgent things in our lives, that we can be led by the Spirit of God. We need to soak. It's not that you don't have time. You and I don't have time. It's that we have not made it a priority. Even if it's 10 minutes, friends, to pause, to be in his word, to be in prayer, to just practice receiving. Lord, I'm just pausing to acknowledge your control in this world in my life. And I want you to have control over me. Lord, I need your power today in my relationships. I need your power your wisdom in the decisions that I make. Lord, I need you. I can do nothing without you, like the song says. We have time, friends. It's a matter of priorities. It's not just a matter of priorities. We just don't think we need it. We really believe we're strong in our own selves. We're so independent. And that's why we're still getting by. You know, if nothing changes, 
Nothing changes, right? You know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results? God, change my circumstances. Don't change, I mean, don't change me, but change everything else. Or we're like, God, change me, but we're dippers. Like, whoop, okay. I'll show up to church. Like, when things get bad in my life, we oftentimes, especially, we're so arrogant because we have ability, we have prosperity, things are going well. All of a sudden, we don't think we need God. Who gave you those things? Who provided that for us? Who sustained us? Him. 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 We need to soak. We're going to keep going in a couple weeks. I'm going to pause here. I think we're getting the initial kind of concept and the idea. You can't just dip and expect to be changed. We've got to, we've got to soak in Jesus. In, in him working in us, receiving his spirit, actively being recipients. Thankfulness is an active way we receive and acknowledge we're not the ones in control or in charge or entitled. Prayer. When we're in the word, we're receiving his wisdom, his insights. But trust is not fully cultivated in you and me if we don't obey. We must follow through. You see, when you, when you plug yourself in, just like with our cell phones, when you unplug, we've got power as we go throughout the day. The Spirit is with you. He's working in you. I want to challenge you. I want you to consider as we, as we close things down, what are you, what's your next step in soaking? Soaking. There's no, we're not talking about you have to do so much rules and laws. That's, that's not abiding. That's you relying on yourself again. It's, it's about relationship. Are you meeting your need, your soul's need for Jesus? Not what you feel, but you acknowledging your true need. Are you soaking? What's your next step? What do you need to do tomorrow? Maybe it's today. If you soak in this moment, what does soaking look like tomorrow and the next day? On your regular rhythms to receive from Jesus and to let him live his life out in, in you. Now the worship team come on down here as we close out. And I just want you to, I want you to, where you're at, and I like to do this, uh, the scriptures talk about moving your body in certain ways as it can represent the moving of our hearts. It's not a formula. It doesn't, it's not magical. But I want to invite you to open your hands and open your arms to the Lord. This is a posture of receiving. Jesus, we recognize that we can do nothing apart from you. 
We want to stop relying on ourselves. We want to stop stiff-arming you, Jesus. We want to stop our arrogance. Forgive us for those things, Jesus. We want to receive you. Your unconditional love for us. Jesus, your power to be changed. We want it, Jesus. We want your leadership, Jesus. We receive that. We need your wisdom, Jesus. Help us in our compulsiveness to, to, to leave, Lord God. Help us to remain. Help us to stay. Help us to soak in you, Jesus. Live in us. Live through us. In your name, amen.